Hope you're all having a good day so far. Can you believe we already have 34 million people vaccinated with one dose of either Pfizer or Moderna? This is great news, and I know we are only striving to get even more vaccine supplies and vaccines in arms each and every day. However, at the time of this episode recording, let's remember our nation has already seen over 471,000 lives lost to this coronavirus disease. But let's keep doing our part by continuing to mask up, wash up, and stay physically distant. Get yourself signed up and registered to get vaccinated. So, welcome to my seventh episode of season two. Today is Wednesday, February 17th, 2021. My name is Sanal Patel, and this is the Paint the Medical Picture podcast series. Now, do you need tips for mental health services during the PHE? Well, look no more. I get into it in this episode. And I introduce a very special guest on this episode, Nexon Pruitt member, Jennifer Hollingsworth. And I also share some fitting words from Deepak Chopra. If you've checked me out on LinkedIn, you know I'm all about compliance and protecting our physicians and valued healthcare professionals when it comes to the business of medicine. I hope this week with me brings you enough to take back to your organizations to want to dive in deeper, to use my tips and best practices to ensure success. I hope this podcast will help you boost the quality of documentation capture and improve coding accuracy as you help your providers paint the medical picture. If you like what you're hearing, go ahead and hit that subscribe button now so you don't miss an episode. Please write in a review and five-star rating on Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to my podcast. I'd really love your support. Now, a quick disclaimer. Before I get started on the episode, this podcast episode and Nexon Pruitt podcast series do not constitute legal advice, but I am fortunate to work with sound healthcare attorneys at Nexon Pruitt. And as their consultant, I have over 10 years of experience in front office, back end, coding, and billing for multi specialty physicians, compliance, and auditing for both ENM and surgical operative reports. Again, the opinions and insights throughout are mine alone, and they in no means constitute legal advice. So, let's get into a very special newsworthy that features my special guest today, Nexon Pruitt member Jennifer J. Hollingsworth. I'm so excited to introduce her to all of you. Jennifer is a litigator in the healthcare practice group. She's been with Nexon Pruitt since her time in law school and was recently voted to equity membership after 15 years of practicing law. As a mother of five-year-old twins with a husband who also works full-time for the Attorney General's office, that's no small feat. In her law practice, she represents individuals and businesses in numerous courts and forums, including South Carolina's appellate courts, the circuit court, probate court, family court, administrative law court, the magistrate's court, and federal district court, as well as agency appeal forums. In addition to her dispute work, Jennifer assists clients dealing with various governmental investigations and compliance concerns, 
and she has a wealth of experience with Title IX investigations. Unique about Jennifer's background is her advanced degree in social work. She, in fact, was the first full-time student to graduate from the University of South Carolina's joint degree program with her Master of Social Work and her Juris Doctorate. A selection of Jennifer's litigation experiences include Certificate of Need and Related Regulatory Litigation and Advice on behalf of hospitals and other healthcare providers. She also works in healthcare reimbursement litigation, false claims and KETAM defense, probate and trust disputes, including will contests and fiduciary litigation. She litigates defamation and privacy torts. She represents individuals with complex domestic disputes related to separation and divorce, child custody, financial support, the division of assets, and matters of contempt. Now, she also takes her responsibility to give back to her community seriously and volunteers her time to several causes that are important to her. Jennifer served two terms on the Richland County CASA Foundation's Board of Directors, including serving as board chair. Now, CASA, C-A-S-A, stands for Court Appointed Special Advocate and is a program dedicated to providing independent, trained advocates to investigate and report to the family court on the best interests of children that may have been abused or neglected and are subject to litigation involving the Department of Social Services. Jennifer has also volunteered as a guardian ad litem in numerous cases involving serious allegations of child abuse or neglect. She also participates in pro bono clinics assisting our armed forces. Active in the South Carolina Bar, Jennifer has served on the Judicial Qualifications Committee, the Children's Law Committee, and the Wellness Initiative. She is a 2015 graduate of the Riley Institute's Diversity Leadership Initiative. And prior to COVID, she regularly volunteers with Nexon Pruitt's Women's Leadership Initiative's Next Steps program, where she speaks to area middle school girls about the dangers of social media and its impact on their education, employment, and safety. Jennifer is a remarkable woman, and I'm thrilled to have supported her on several of her litigation cases over the years. Thank you so much for joining me here today, Jennifer. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that introduction, and I appreciate the opportunity to join you. Absolutely. Now, from this incredible background, we can see that your passions lie firmly within the space of social work as well as the law. What an amazing combination. And wow, this has been the year for it, right? It, it absolutely has been. It's been a year full of challenges, um, and particularly in the healthcare space, which is where I spend the large majority of my practice time. Um, the, the pandemic has had an impact that you really can't describe, certainly not uh, summarize easily. Uh, I, have a, I have so much respect for the hospitals, our healthcare providers, the frontline workers uh, that have just been put to the forefront of this crisis, and they um, they risk their own health in order to take care of ours, and, and I'm just very grateful to them. 
and you know also i think what's um unprecedented and and kind of what you and i uh, thought might be worth talking about today is is how maybe we weren't really prepared for the impact that the pandemic and 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 the way we've had to kind of deal with covid what that has done on mental health issues um on really everyone all walks of life you know but as a result of the pandemic um mental health issues and disturbances have just gone exponentially high anxiety depression um use and abuse of of substances alcohol so so the isolation the quarantine um has been very difficult for everyone for all of us i think um from all walks of life and so that was uh something that i have a lot of passion and interest in and, and have have um, written a little bit about and so I think that's something worth having a little conversation about today. I love it. I love it. Yes. And that's why I brought you here today, because um, this is an area of expertise in your real house, because you have experience on both sides and both sides have been hit tremendously, as you stated, during the COVID-19 pandemic. Absolutely. Um, so I thought you could provide my listeners um, with your takeaways, all of your insights you know, based on your experience and leadership here in social work, as well as in healthcare law, in regards to the, you know, newfound availability of telehealth and telemedicine services for mental health. So can you expand on that a bit about the types of services and care that are being offered to this relatively vulnerable population of people? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my associate, Shannon Lippum, and I had recently done a little alert um, to just sort of notify folks. And there's been, I mean, the developments are every day, constant. Um, but we did do an alert um, kind of to bring some attention to the expansion of telehealth that directly as a result of the pandemic and, and COVID that um, we've seen an expansion of telehealth and telemedicine services, and, and particularly when you think about what a benefit that is for folks struggling with um, mental health issues and concerns, that it's a silver lining if 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 we could find one somewhere. And so um, it's something that I just personally am very passionate about um, mental health, and you know both my social work background, you know, back when I was in school addictions therapy was something that I worked in. And then um, in my work today, telemedicine, telehealth and, and improvements in technology and how technology can help in expanding you know, services to vulnerable populations. Um, so it was right up my alley to kind of talk about that to do the news article. And, and yeah, it's, it's a, a silver lining. I really think that's a, a way to think about it. It's looking for the good that's coming out of so much bad and and what we see payors and, and CMS and um, legislation coming out, trying to get that out there for folks is, is, is good news. Absolutely. Yeah. That news alert was an excellent piece where you and Shannon described um, in a good amount of detail for all of us, the historical coverage for telehealth by CMS, um, you know, versus what they suddenly unleashed um, and made available to all of us during the pandemic, especially remember last year, spring of 2020, right? So many changes were happening and then, um, and thereafter, month after month, so many new changes were being made. So it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. 
Well, you know, and, and, and to that point, it's, it's really sort of, it's almost, it was necessary. It was overdue. It was um, overdue. It's unfortunate yes. that it took this, but, you know, a, a year ago, um, you had to get just, if you wanted to talk to a counselor, if you were struggling with, you know, um, depression, anxiety, you had to go and see a counselor in person, certainly here in South Carolina. Um, licensed professional counselors couldn't do Zoom um, right. sessions with you. you. You couldn't use telehealth. They weren't within that class. And then you have the pandemic. And so now um, it is such an expansion that you can, you can get on a computer and have help and really just that much more quickly. Um, so it's been... It was needed before that, um, but I'm so glad to see it. And, yes. you know, of course, one of the questions is hopefully we can get it to stick. But um, it's it's been a very important development, um, particularly, again, sort of in this field of mental health. Completely, completely agree. Now, maybe in your volunteer work, right, you've seen an increased presence of mental health issues, right? These These folks, like we're saying, are in need of mental health care by a licensed clinical social worker or a psychologist or a psychiatrist. Um, so the social determinants of health play a big part, right? Um, can you perhaps expand on any ideas of if, if you think that there's gonna be a shift in diagnosis coding uh, due to this pandemic? Yeah, so we know um tensions are soaring and they have been, you know, certainly before the pandemic, but this past year, unprecedented violence. Um, there's increased violence in the workplaces, increased violence in the homes. You know, you, you, we know, I think, you know, we, we realize that there are so frequently as in an often untreated mental health component to these things, right? right. Whether it's a, an anger management that just becomes so far out of control that, that, there is just harm to people. Um, you've seen a lot of violence in the workplaces and, and we, we're trying to address and deal with these things. And at the root of that often is some sort of mental instability, um, mm -hmm. mental illness that, you know, really does become, and that's really, you know, sort of the, the social work of it. Like, let's get to the root of the problem and not just try to keep dealing with the aftermath. Um, and so I hope, I hope we see a shift in diagnosis coding, right? Because I hope that at a minimum we see an increase because more and more people will be able to access these services and get help. Maybe the help is, you know, psychotherapy. Maybe the help is um, medicinal, whatever it is, but, you know, more screening, more evaluations, and then of course more treatment and, and get that out there to a broader audience and, 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 you know, whether it's shifting or whether it's increase or both, but you know, we really, we should hopefully see the treatment side of that sooner than later, because um, it's been, it's been at a root cause for a long time, and we're just, it's higher and higher and higher. So, you know, yeah, I, I do think we will, I certainly hope that, that we see a lot more of diagnosis coding, because that means people are getting services. Exactly, exactly. That see. means people are receiving mm -hmm. the care and the help. I couldn't agree more. Um, I welcome you know, this uptick in services like the one-on-one -on -one therapy that you had mentioned, or perhaps group therapy, whatever it is, um, I think it's a great thing. Folks need to have, and they should have had a long time ago, but I'm happy that now 
they're able to have a safe space where they can talk openly um, about their mixed feelings, their confusions, whatever, and everything. Absolutely. So, you know, based on this persistent crisis that you just mentioned, based on the persistent crisis that our population is still enduring um, in the PHE, do you see telehealth and telemedicine services for mental health staying on? Or do you think CMS is going to roll it all back once the PHE is over in the next year or so? You know, that is a constant topic of conversation, right? And and 90 days, every 90 days, you're is it gonna is it gonna renew? Are we gonna stay in this emergency? You know, and I think with the we've got a new administration now, so we've got to kind of see how that goes. I I'm hopeful that it's here to stay. I think we've kind of seen some recent guidance that um, that there's a commitment to giving providers as much notice as possible so that it just doesn't go go away one day. Um, and I think there's the expectation, I saw something recently that the, you know, that the PHE is going to at least be here through the rest of the year. So, um, but they're trying to make sure to build some stability in for providers. But, you know, I work with executives and senior leadership and, and, and I work with frontline workers in the healthcare field and hospitals and in all sorts of ways. And, um, mental health services have been needed for a very long time. Uh, I've had cases involving emergency services and you hear just very sad stories about folks that just sit in the emergency room for hours and hours and hours because they need mental health services and there's not a bed available for that specific population. And so they just languish in, in these places where they don't need to be, right? And and at greater risk of harm to themselves or others. And, um, you know, we maybe our environment is changing um, maybe they're not making it to EDs anymore, but gosh, I hope that through telehealth and telemedicine, they're actually able to access services before they get to, you know, a point of either showing up in an ED or, or having some sort of episode of, of violence or harm. So um, I, I, I'm hopeful it's here to stay. And I think there's a lot of support from providers, you know, have a commitment to keep this going forward. I mean, I think, you know, the counselors, the, the therapists, they're excited at the opportunity to get these services out there to a broader population. Um, and there's been traditional barriers to care that we've seen, right? We, we know that um, health services can be hard to access for people for um, ge geographical reasons. You know, maybe they live in very remote, very rural areas or a transportation, you know, can't get there or cost financially. They don't have the ability to afford it. Um, and, you know, what the pandemic did is it added a whole nother layer of a barrier to care. And that is, I can't go out. Um, I, I can't go out because of the virus. And we've seen, and it impacted providers too. There are periods of time where providers weren't seeing anyone because of that concern of the spread. So what telehealth has done is it's just one more way um, of helping break those barriers that had been preventing people from accessing care. So it, it is there's so much benefit to it. Um, certainly there's still issues they have to deal with, parity of pay, you know, it's, it's, it's not a, it's not a simple solution, but it's a tremendous improvement. Um, and so I, I, I can only hope that we'll see the correct thing here and, and keep it in place. Um, so, you know, the, the, we have the technology, um, we have the people committed to do it and we have the need. So, 
Uh, I certainly think that all that benefit has widespread public support and you know, hopefully we'll see the legislation today. Amen. I mean, that is well, well said. Absolutely. Um, you know, in my opinion, I think there's always been, um, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there's always been for a very long time here in the US, um, a stigma placed on mental health, right? Um, folks with mental health issues, etc. So because of that stigma, they haven't been going in for all this mm -hmm. time, right? Mm -hmm. um, they don't go get the help. Uh, they feel some sort of shame. Mm -hmm. um, but as of recently, right, we've seen TV shows. I have a teenage son. There are TV shows on, there are movies that actually address so many issues um, that, you know, we as grown adults can acknowledge that we've experienced at some point in our life. Um, so I'm also hopeful, and I really do hope that this is going to be a good expansion and the access will continue here in the U.S. for the long haul. Yeah, you know, it's we really have to, as a society, you know, get comfortable with, you know, mental health treatment. Um, we need to we need to normalize it. There's many things that we need to normalize. Uh, yes, um, yes. And but but that is one of them. You know, this idea that uh, it's very outdated, antiquated idea that somehow, oh gosh, like sitting on a couch and talking to a therapist is that's weakness or that's right, right. you know that's that's nobody does that. Well. I, people need to be doing that. It mm -hmm. is, there's so much benefit to it. And hopefully you do it when you're not in the midst of a crisis you, that you, you do it because it's just good for your mental health and your interpersonal relationships. And, you know, it helps you be a more balanced um, parent, spouse, right. child, you know, what have you, you know, I had to that kind of point, I, I had looked at a study um, just, you know, before we were going to talk just to kind of get my hands around some of these numbers and and it really is so widespread. There's there were a lot of jokes. I would say what maybe you know mid to late last year, folks would joke about like like liquor stores were out of alcohol. You know, I mean oh, like wow. there was just just this increase in use mm -hmm. of of um, you know drinking and and it's sort of a, oh that's funny. Well, what that is is it's an indication of how really everyone is struggling and trying to find a balance and and what is that but self-medication, right? Um, but this, this study that was done uh, of, it was about, I think 5,400 people um, responded to the survey and 41% of them, so almost half of the people responding had at least one adverse um, mental or behavioral health concern. I mean, you know- It's a large it, it, percentage, 41%. I mean, almost wow. every other person is saying, mm -hmm. yeah, whether it was um, anxiety disorder, depressive disorder, or traumatic stressor-related um, mm -hmm. symptoms. And these are all, this was a, a survey specific to COVID. So this was specifically asking, as a result of COVID or the way, you know, life has been impacted by the pandemic, have you experienced these things? And nearly half of the people had, and- and what we see from some of these numbers, suicidal thoughts have increased, like more than double from right. two years prior. Mm -hmm. And it's younger, younger 18 to 25 year olds are, oh. are just increasing, you know, incidence of these things. And so mm -hmm. we've got to normalize getting help and we have to encourage and support um, people to get help. And again, whether that help is 
medicine or whatever that help is, you know, talk therapy, whether that, whatever it looks like, there's all sorts of, of wonderful things, but it's, it really is critical that we be the support system and, and make people feel safe that they can go do it and it's okay and, 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 and support it. It needs to be done. So, you know, the numbers, they're there and it, and it, and it's scary. So we have to hope that, um, you know, what I would say is uninformed societal pressures have been that, you know, had been the norm. I can't help but think that more and more of us are becoming affected by it, that hopefully more and more of us, you know, will support others to say, let's, yeah, let's, let's help you find those Mm -hmm. resources. So, um, you know, I, I, I know I'll continue to do, and, and that's in my own home and in my family and in my loved ones. I mean, I, I, I love therapy, you know, I, yeah. We're I don't all know affected if I'm a, in some way, yeah. right? The world Absolutely. is changing slowly. We're all affected. Someone in our family, in our friend's life, whoever, we're mm-hmm. all touched by this issue. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's high time that we start embracing this idea that mental health is a part of healthcare, right? It mm-hmm. is a part of treatment. People should be allowed to get their medications, people should be allowed to receive talk therapy, go attend it, follow up with it, right? And continue taking care of your whole self, holistic care. That's right. That's right. I mean, it really, you, you take care of your heart, you know, you, you, you get, you get your, you know, liver checked. I mean, there's, we do all these things Mm -hmm. and these are all systems. Well, you know what? That is a system, you know, our mental balance system as well. Mm. Yeah, so it's just like anything else, you know, we put good things in our body, you know, we, you eat right, be healthy, all those things. And at the end of the day, do something. It, it, if anything, I kind of want people to start thinking of it's just another form of self-care that everyone should be doing. You know, everyone should be doing something to help care for their mental health and their mental well-being, because that's just part of making, you know, our communities better, you know, our children benefit we, we we all benefit from it we all um, benefit and yeah. the study that you just shared with us um that percentage you know almost half the people this is going to go very very far you know a lot of people will be listening to this and sharing it and so the more we understand and spread the knowledge you know hopefully things will vastly improve in this particular space absolutely um you know we just we want people and everyone, you know, um, whatever platform that we have, whatever avenues we get words out, we should make it a message of hope, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a message of um, things are okay and things can be better. And if you need help um, to feel that way, if you're having trouble seeing that, if yes. it feels like it's never going to get better, if it feels mm-hmm. like it'll never be the same again, then let's see how we can help people feel better what resources can we connect you with um we all need to do our part um there there, there's no shame in asking for help um and and everyone in our life deserves that so uh, let's let's be that person um and help someone down that path because it it helps you know your home your workplace your community everywhere so i'm i'm excited that um telehealth has done this and expanded these services. Um, I think we've needed it for a long time. And I, I hope that when we see the benefits that it can bring, that it's something that stays 
no matter what. And I, you know, I hope that counselors can continue to be as close by as a Zoom appointment. Right. Um, as close by as a Zoom appointment. That's, that's right. Yep. Because 30, 45 minutes of just talking to someone, um, talking about your fears, talking about your anxieties, or just talking about life and right. and having that kind of stabilizing assistance, everyone needs it. And I'm, I hope it's here to stay. I hope so too. I hope so too. All right. Let's move on to the last question. Um, just for you now, do you see a need or better yet, where do you see a need for legal to be involved in this space of mental health care as we move forward in 2021? I, you know, absolutely. I, I think in some ways it's no different than, um, any other profession, right? It's, about the platform that you have to try to have an impact. So for me, um, whenever I can, um, I want to use the platform I have as an attorney to, particularly working in healthcare, um, making sure that providers are aware of what this expansion looks like and what does it mean they can do and how can they make use of sort of these new opportunities to get their services out to more people through technology. Um, so maybe it's connecting providers um, with, you know, others who are more savvy and already doing the telehealth services um, or, you know, those folks that we work with or that we can go um, help that are already sort of doing it. Then how do we spread the word for them? How do we get their communities engaged to know this is a service that's out there? This is something uh, a benefit available. And so doing the work to try to make sure that the communities that are available surrounding um, those providers know that this, you know, this is out there. Um, Cause I think it's incumbent on all of us to do that. And, you know, the fact that I'm a healthcare lawyer that gives me that opportunity to connect with providers specifically. But I would say just Jennifer as, you know, a wife and a mom and, you know, a member of my community, it's, it's also about whether it's my, personal social media, making it, normalizing it in that way, you know, talking about the things that are out there, letting folks know that I'm here. I mean, you see that a lot, um, that, you know, kind of messages of, if you're in a dark place, you know, know that someone's here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So just me personally, that Mm -hmm. is something that um, it's important to do and to make it okay. And even if you don't feel safe talking to anyone else, hopefully you'll feel safe talking to me. So I think that's something um, lawyers and, and lawyers are not um, just people and humans mm-hmm. and um, you know, productive members of society. Let's do that for each other. So um, it's definitely a way, just another way to spread the message. And um, you know, here where I am, you know, in South Carolina, um, we we have a strong and growing um, network of telehealth and telemedicine, and we have amazing um, systems. Our our hospitals are wonderful, and so we're we're very lucky that we have great bones here that we're getting to build from. And and I, from what I see, our providers collaborate really well because at the end of the day, they care about um, what do we need to do to help the people around us, you know, our patients, your patients, 
doesn't matter who they are. Let's let's get the services to the people. And I'm I'm proud to be a part of that. Um, it's it's a great place to be. I love it. I love it, Jennifer. This has been an amazing conversation with you. You have so much knowledge in this field. Um, and you're a healthcare attorney. I mean, it just is amazing all you have to offer. Do you have any final thoughts or something that we missed in our conversation here that you'd like to share with us? Uh, no, I, I mean, I, I just, I appreciate the opportunity. I think, you know, it's, uh, this is more about my personal passion, I think. Um, and I, I love to talk about it. I, I care deeply about it. And um, I hope that others, and again, it really kind of doesn't matter what you do necessarily as to whether you have a way to help in this. Everybody can, because just talk, you know, have the conversation. Like, let's just talk about it. Let's let's talk about how important it is to access um, a happier and healthier outlook. Because these are dark times. These are uncertain times. These are isolating times. Um, but there are ways we can reach each other, even if it's a conversation like this. Um, or having this conversation with someone else. So I hope hope that uh, anyone that wants to have those conversations, feel free to reach out to me because I love to talk about it. Absolutely, Jennifer. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Um, I'm going to make sure that everybody knows how they can reach you directly at Next Improve It. They can always uh, contact me and I know how to get in touch with you, obviously. But I really do appreciate all of your time here today. And I know everyone is going to just love this conversation. So thank you. Happy to do it. Thank you for having me. And now it's time for my best practice tips in trusty tip. This pandemic has posed a significant risk to not only our physical health, but to our mental health as well. The increase in suicidal crises, alcoholism, depression and anxiety, violence and abuse has been tremendous. Now, CMS has done an amazing job of expanding telehealth and telemedicine services for this group of healthcare services. As of January 14th, 2021, CMS has made updates for these types of services, so please review thoroughly as I'm only providing a glance into this expansion. Now, available is CPT codes 90791 for psychiatric diagnostic evaluation, as well as CPT code 90792 for psychiatric diagnostic evaluation with medical services. Also available is CPT code 90832 for psychotherapy for 30 minutes with the patient. Also included is add-on code 90833 for 30 minutes with the patient when performed with an evaluation and management service. Also available is CPT code 90834 for psychotherapy for 45 minutes with the patient. Also included is add-on code 90836 for 45 minutes with the patient when performed with an evaluation and management service. Also available is CPT code 90837 for psychotherapy services with the patient for 60 minutes. Also included is add-on code 90838 for 60 minutes with the patient 
when performed with an evaluation and management service. Also available is CPT code 90839 for psychotherapy for crisis, the first 60 minutes. Also included is add-on code 90840 for psychotherapy for crisis, each additional 30 minutes with the patient. Now, there's also CPT code available in 90845 for psychoanalysis. Also available is CPT code 90846 for family psychotherapy without the patient present for 50 minutes. And also CPT code 90847 for family psychotherapy, conjoint psychotherapy with the patient present for 50 minutes. And there's also CPT code 90853 available for group psychotherapy other than a multiple family group. Now, Medicare also notes that some of these codes above can be audio-only services during the PHE. Now, that's a good thing because what that means is the two-way interactive real-time audio-visual platform is not required. It can be audio only. Now, those codes again are 90791 and 90792 for your psychiatric diagnostic evaluations and also for CPT codes 90839, 90840, 90846, 90847 for your psychotherapy for crisis codes as well as your family psychotherapy codes. Now, pay attention to what your commercial carriers are saying as well, because they do not always follow Medicare, so please be mindful. Now, there's also CPT code 96127 for brief emotional or behavioral assessment for depression inventory or for attention deficit hyperactivity disorder ADHD scale with scoring and documentation per standardized instrument. Now, this CPT code, again, 96127, made it to this list for the first time as a temporary addition for the PHE on April 30th, 2020. Now, there are still also more codes that attained the status of available up through the year in which the PHE ends. So as of now, we know the PHE is set to expire on April 21st, 2021. But, in my opinion, it more than likely will extend. So now again, these codes I'm going to go over now will be available through the year in which the PHE ends. So for example, if the PHE is going to expire in October 2021, these codes can still be used in this manner through December 31st, 2021. And those codes are CPT code 96130 for psychological testing evaluation services by a physician or other qualified healthcare professional, a QHP, including integration of patient data, interpretation of standardized test results and clinical data, clinical decision-making, treatment planning and report, and interactive feedback to the patient, family member, or caregiver when performed for the first hour. Also available is CPT code 96131, which is an add-on code for each additional hour. 
Now, also available is CPT code 96132 for neuropsychological testing evaluation by a physician or QHP, including integration of patient data, interpretation of standardized test results and clinical data, clinical decision-making, treatment planning and report, and interactive feedback to the patient, family member, or caregiver when performed for the first hour. Now, also available is the add-on code for that, and that is CPT code 96133 for each additional hour. Also available is CPT code 96136 for psychological or neuropsychological test administration and scoring by a physician or QHP, two or more tests, any method for the first 30 minutes. And then there's also the add-on code that's available in CPT code 96137 for each additional 30 minutes. And then also available is CPT code 96138 for psychological or neuropsychological test administration and scoring by a technician, two or more tests, any method for the first 30 minutes. And then finally also available is CPT code 96139 which again is that extra add-on code for an additional 30 minutes. So I think this is an incredible snapshot of all the good CMS has allowed this vulnerable population. All those who have experienced mental health suffering and crises during this pandemic. So by understanding the fine details surrounding coding and documentation for compliance, a more accurate, vibrant and vivid medical picture can be painted for your certified medical coder to then abstract codes with accuracy. And finally, this week's inspiring quote in Spark is from our inspirational Indian-American author and mind-body master, Deepak Chopra. All great changes are preceded by chaos. Indeed, this pandemic has shown us, has unleashed the chaos. This pandemic has given us opportunities to rise up and make necessary changes, great changes that are being made individually and collectively and are happening right now in this space of healthcare. I am happy Deepak Chopra's spark still burns brightly in all of us today. So that wraps up today's episode. Please go out and make this a great day, a great week for yourselves. Go out and do a little more, be a little more, give back in any way you can in 2021. I appreciate all of you diving into today with me. And if you would like to inquire about my consultant services, you can always reach me through my email address at nexonpruitt.com. I'll leave links to everything in the show notes below. Please continue staying safe and healthy, practice safety for one and all during our collective life in the time of coronavirus. Thank you for listening in on today's very special episode, and I hope every week with me brings you closer to helping your providers paint a masterpiece. See you next Wednesday. If you want more information from me, go ahead and follow me on LinkedIn or send me an email at Sanal Patel at nexonpruitt.com for all my consulting services in medical coding, auditing, and compliance. Thank you. <laughs>